0: Welcome, everybody, to WebHeads Comic Book Club. (laughs) You always smile like I do. Your voice is fucked up again.
1: Again? What? No, it's not.
0: It is, I swear to God. No, What is?
1: it's normal on on my end. Define fucked up. Maybe
0: my wires... It's like your boost is, like, fucking hot.
1: I don't know how that's possible.
0: Let me see. I'm blurry now, and there's nothing
1: I can do about it.
0: I don't know what. Why I am I blurry? Well, <laughs> how about now? Is it good?
1: Go. Fix my autofocus There you go. Am I yeah, good? good now. Okay, yeah. well, now I gotta turn myself back up because I'm back to quiet again. Okay, wait. Wait oh, okay. Hello? So
0: we're, we're the we we Test, 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 be able test, to get test. to Test, we test, test <inaudible>
1: Anyway, take two. Still recording, so you can go for the intro whenever you're ready. I'll try not to smile. I'm
0: like a you. Like but I know you're there. Alright, I think it's good.
1: See, I see you laughing, but the mic's not picking it up. Because so, well, I'm silently laughing.
0: I know, but it's just, it, it made it funnier. <laughs> oh, f- just fucking give me a minute, all right? Only one got the cables today, all right? Pulls the G fuel. Welcome everybody to Webheads Comic Book Club. <laughs> Why are you immediately laughing? Because you started it before I was done laughing. It was changing colors, <laughs> it's changing colors. All right, this is, can this be we the... are
1: professionals.
0: Welcome, everybody, to Webhead's Comic Book Club. I'm JP, along with DA. And for those of you who don't know, we both of us are gonna read every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, and talk about him here on this podcast, and this week we have huh. issue 34 through issue 38, the Sir. end of Steve Dicko's run. The end of an era. Yes. Fully. Um,
1: and honestly, I love Steve Dicko. respect to the man, co-creator of Spider-Man, kind of excited for the end of his era, though.
0: hmm I mean, his art got really good towards the end, though. It did. Like, no, his great, art is great, and it's freaking. obviously iconic to Spider-Man, but, like i'm very excited to get into the john romita books no yeah i mean john romita is my senior is my favorite um artist for spider-man so i'm very excited
1: yeah not junior, no, I, not mean, junior. I mean no dis- no hate but you know not junior um but yeah uh that's about it we still, are in shambles as you saw from the
0: intro because i'll, yeah, I'll I mean, probably include some of those outtakes um not doing well with this camera i'm gonna <laughs> pick i'm gonna fucking fix. <laughs>
1: We are uh we're, I
0: will fix it. I will fix it. I will fix it. It's we're gonna
1: be fixed fully off our rocker, so you're here for an unhinged episode today. I
0: sat about two hours in an appointment for a guy to say, I don't know and then I Dude, haven't eaten yet. So.
1: Relatable because I also had a doctor's appointment recently and I I'm getting sick and tired of going to different doctors' appointments and just having them be like, Yeah, we don't really know. I'm like Isn't that literally your job to know? Like, I have sympathy with you. You know, you might—it's hard to figure out whatever. But it's like, isn't that why I came to you as a doctor
0: to tell me? It's not like they're getting their minimum wage over there. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: and they're getting—I'm paying them more money than I have. You know what I mean? So like, that's that's
0: that's a whole separate conversation. But anyway, anyway, I will say though, you're you're in for one. You're in for one if you're listening. If you're watching. I'm sorry for what your eyes are seeing, but you're in full. Now,
1: I think it's uh, not as bad as you think it is.
0: Well, I'm overreacting. I'm a dramatic guy. Yeah. Um, a bit of a diva, I've been told. Now, issue 34 is what we start off with. Yeah. Which is Kraven's return after uh, The Sinister Six. I believe this is his third appearance in an issue. Or his third actual appearance in an issue. I mean, it sounds right.
1: Unless he was in some other series, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, third issue in the main Spider Man.
1: Yeah, he might have been in like Daredevil or
0: something. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I know. Um, but he's back. I mean, <sighs> okay. So for me, this run from issue, honestly, issue thirty five to thirty eight, um, just cover wise. I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but let's be honest. I do. Uh, in terms of these books, I see these covers and I see characters that I'm, I'm not too interested in or I don't know of. You know that like I'm. I'm probably going to be a little bit bored, and I was hoping that I'm going to go into this, be a little bit bored, and then actually really enjoy everything. Not be bored and be proven wrong. Sadly, from my experience, I was proven right. That
1: is uh, what I was going to say for this episode. While there is a lot of great moments, and you know we're going to talk yep. about it, um, I felt like this five issues was filled with a ton of villains that didn't uh, hit it off, basically. Like, a ton of villains that never really came back. I mean, the looter kind of came back at a later point. Um, but, like, that Joe guy and um,
0: well, I feel like his, well, Strom
1: get and his robots. Like, all these villains, like, we've been reading a lot of comic books that are like, oh, this is the first appearance of this iconic villain. And these are also, like... When you're reading the books, they're like, we're introducing a new villain next week. So it had like the same amount of hype as the other ones, but you could tell which ones worked and which ones didn't by like, do we know them 60 years later? Right. The answer is no. Um, But as far as 34, that's really the only one in these five issues that has like a main big Spider-Man villain in it, uh, aside from Norman Osborn later. Um, But it's Kraven the Hunter. And I, I, I personally don't really care for Craven the Hunter.
0: Craven's grown on me a lot. From um, these issues? Yes, that and just <laughs> other issues I read. I've always liked Craven, but yeah, I think getting to know his original character more, I, I, I do like him. And I'm excited to see where he goes, especially with storylines we know that come.
1: Yeah.
0: In the. In the very future,
1: like obviously, there's iconic, you know, like Craven's Last Hunt is great. Um, they did Hunted and Nick Spencer's Run, which I thought was pretty good. Um, so like Craven does have some cool storylines later, but just in these early issues, take a shot. Um, like issue what, his first prince was 15, I think. I think I said it in that episode, uh, I don't even know, probably episode what three. Um, that I didn't really care that much for it. It's just kind of boring. He's just kind of like, I'm gonna hunt Spider Man because I will. Um, And I kind of felt the same in this. This issue, I'm glad it was a one-off. I'm glad they didn't make it like a multi-part story. It was just Kraven being like, all right, time to go catch Spider-Man and using some uh, trickery to try to capture him. But one thing I want to point out about this issue, or rather the arc over these five issues, um, we've said it almost every single episode because there's been a lot of false stops, but it seems like this is truly the end of Peter Parker and Betty Brant. Like, truly... Finally, definitively, they're done.
0: Okay, you have to answer me this. I know you're not in the future, but you have to answer. Does Betty Brant end up dating Ned Leeds when he gets like framed?
1: Oh yeah, they're like yeah. I'm pretty sure.
0: So I don't think it's ever gonna be the end of anything <laughs> in that sense because there's definitely gonna be an issue. Or issues in between where it's like, maybe, maybe not, even though she's with Leeds or not with Leeds yet. I don't rethink. think so. I think she'll she'll person.
1: probably come back, but he'll have already moved on with Gwen, probably. Because we kind of saw, like, Please. over these five issues, and we'll talk about it more as we get to the actual issues, um, like, him and Betty are seemingly over, and he's, like, heartbroken about it. Like, it's, it's a breakup, right? And then... He kind of we see him move on to Gwen a little bit. Um, but we'll right. get to that in a little bit. But the main thing is, in This Is Your 34, it shows they kind of did a little fake out, which I really liked. It cut to a scene of Peter and Betty where Peter's like, I'm Spider-Man. And I was reading this, and I was like...
0: No, I, is, I don't remember this.
1: I was like, I did not know that Betty knew his idea. I know she knows it eventually. I'm pretty sure she knows it eventually. Oh, spoiler, I didn't know that. She might not. I might be completely wrong. Um probably does. I'm thinking of because I know she ends up dating Flash and I think Flash knows, but no, Flash doesn't know. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I was very surprised. And then it's a it's a fake out and it's a dream, which basically confirms that she 100 percent like knows, but like doesn't actually.
0: Right. And that Peter was right. If she told him, told her that she wouldn't have a great reaction.
1: It's literally her worst nightmare, apparently.
0: Yeah. Supposedly. So the one thing I'll say about this is getting back to Craven talking about Craven because I did have something to say he's one of those Spider-Man cra- uh, Craven one of those Spider-Man characters that are very one-dimensional in which at some point when his actual life did end <laughs> at some point in these comics it would have been pretty good for him that. to stay that way
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: because what else are you gonna really do it's one of those things where it's like it would have been nice to actually see his story end and stay ended but also didn't. Well, the, um, the
1: problem with Craven, like you said, yeah, one dimensional, it's like he is driven by one singular goal and that is just to hunt Spider-Man. Right. And that's why they have Craven's last hunt, but it wasn't mm-hmm. his last hunt. they have hunted like every time he comes back, it's always the same thing. Um, right. th- now there's a little bit more depth added later on, obviously with his, like relation, like him being brothers with chameleon or whatever they are. I don't remember. Um, which I did think was kind of funny in this issue because he goes to like Chameleon's hideout from Sister Six and he's like, I don't care about that guy. And I was just like, yeah. Ain't that your brother?
0: Did, did the, uh, Craven and like the lizard are kind of the, where it's going to be the same thing every time. I like the characters. I both, I really like the lizard and I really like Craven. But there's only really so much you can do with both of them.
1: Lizard has a little bit, like, they do some different things with Lizard
0: some different things but is it really okay he's a lizard he does some wild stuff tries to turn people into lizards gets cured well they, they add some depth with vision. like
1: him being like it's Connor's consciousness in the lizard body right. versus like you know they do I don't know they try but
0: still it's, yeah it's not, it's not like a different uh some other character that has a lot more going on each time you see him um, usually yeah so it has have been one of those things where I feel like <sighs> and The more these issues go on, the more some things are starting to repeat themselves. Like, once again, I think for the third or fourth time, Spider-Man is impersonated. This time by Kraven. Yeah. So, that's happening again in this issue. Okay. Um, One of the things that continue to happen in each one of these issues is Peter just does not talk to any of his college classmates because he's in his head and when he does try to talk to him, the damage is already done from for this guy, also, oh. I know if you're deep in your thoughts, but people are yelling at you. You know, sometimes, at least once, you got to be like, oh, oh, what was going on? Like, it
1: happens multiple times in these five issues where he is deep in thought and just completely oblivious to what is going on around, like people talking to him. I think there's even like a villain. It happens sometime when like there's a, a crime happening. And so he does try to – so we saw that last episode where he was starting to get a bad reputation at college um, because of that, because he was stressed about Aunt May. Um, but he does try to address it in these issues where he's like, Oh, right, let me actually try and talk to people. But even then, he totally puts his foot in his mouth. Um, but in this issue, we see him start to kind of put the moves on Gwen. Um, he, tra- he tries to pick up her book saying, and I quote, Allow me, fair maiden. <laughs>
0: Which yeah, is yeah, a jokester, man. I think it's, it's not
1: not the smoothest um, line, uh, but she totally rejects him. Like, Gwen still hates him, uh, but also somehow, like, doesn't because in her thoughts, she's always like, but he's so irresistible.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, deep down, I I think he's probably has something going on. She even said, like, maybe he there's a reason he's acting like this. Yeah, which there is.
1: She's It's showing that she's uh intelligent, which is, you know, part right, of her character. Nice. Um, um, she's, she's definitely about a popular, it,
0: huh? popular girl in school, obviously. So it's definitely different from what most people think of. I think of Gwen uh, right off the bat, at least with how she's been portrayed in the yeah. past probably like 20 years. You know, it's just kind of being like a nerdy girl. Yeah. Man, not in Spider-Man 3, but like I'm thinking like Spectacular Spider-Man and then those type of characters. She was mostly portrayed. She was portrayed at all as, like, a nerdy girl.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, she, she's like, always... Because, like, later on down the line, Gwen Stacy was like, oh, she's the smart girlfriend of Peter's. Right. So, like, everyone's like, oh, she's... You know, and even in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, it's like she's right. um, depicted as kind of, like, the wallflower, intelligent. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas, like, she she's was... Yeah, she's, she's a sought-after, you know, popular girl. who right. who, who is almost, like, secretly intelligent. Like, they kind of hint at it with, like, her thought process and kind of deducing that there's something going on with Peter, but then also, um, like, she's at that science exhibit and things like that where it's like, why is she there? Um, That kind of makes sense. But uh, Craven's plan, he he disguises himself as Spider-Man to try to lure him out, um, and it works, and not much to talk about there. They have a little fight in a building... Where Craven laid a bunch of traps, some goons show up, they try to fight him. It's, it's your average Spider Man action sequence. I, I, there's not really much to talk about here, you know. Uh, it's... The,
0: uh, not the last time we'll see him wear a Spider Man suit.
1: Not um, the last time, yeah. It seems to be a go to. His,
0: uh, his little meta, his uh, concoctions to replicate his powers, that type of thing, so. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit different of a story, Saying I guess, it's he impersonated Spider Man, but at the same time. That literally happened in issue one, so it's kind of like, right, chameleon person. So, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Which interesting parallel: chameleon and Craven are both kind of using the same tactic, and they're obviously connected.
0: Um, again, I find in this issue that I'm just reading Gwen's parts, and and Gwen trying to like, kind of. Not break Peter out of his, his shell, but like get to talk to him through these issues. It's like, girl, run, just run, don't. You're not doing yourself any favors down the line. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, It's a bit morbid. It's definitely really morbid, but it's really interesting to read, at least for me, because Green Gallon being my favorite, that being such a big arc. It's uh, while sad, very interesting.
1: That was yeah. My biggest takeaway is like, especially for thirty-four, is the stuff with like Gwen and Betty. In these issues. Like I I could not really care less about the Craven story. Like it was just kind of a one off. Like he fights yep. Craven, he beats him, the end. Um but you know, getting to see a little bit more development with like Gwen and her perceptions of Peter. Um and then at the end of the issue is when we find out that Betty actually left the Daily Bugle. Okay. Um, which is seemingly a that's why I say it's seemingly a definitive like I don't want to see Peter Parker, I'm I'm trying to get over him. She so leaves we don't know what happened.
0: Even after the end of these, at, thir- at the end of 38, we don't know what happened. We
1: do not know where she is, so I assume we'll find out. Um, Peter automatically assumes that she ran off with Ned Leeds to marry him, um, but that is not the case, as we find out later. Um, But overall, 34, I mean, I would rank it like a 5.
0: Yeah, like 5.5. 5.
1: Like, there's nothing bad about it, but there's not really anything good about it.
0: Sadly, that's how I feel about all these issues. <laughs>
1: Some more than others. I think I think thirty four is one of the lower ones in my opinion. Out of these five,
0: uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Around probably already around the five range. Yeah, yeah. There is one part which was kind of interesting, which I noted that toward the beginning of the issue, <laughs> um, Spider Man heard sirens and he decided not to go after them and see what's happening and see what's going on because he had already had enough money. Um, that was in thirty four. Yes, from taking pictures. I totally forgot about that. Um, which I was like, well, that's... I thought we went out, you know, you're backtracking here. Come on.
1: I thought the same so, thing. That happened and I was like, come on now, Peter. Responsibility. You know.
0: Now, now, what if those sirens were going because someone's in your house again? We wouldn't... We would, <laughs> this happened years ago, Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, he kind of pulls the, like, oh, that's not my problem. It's like, we've established that it is. Um,
0: So, it, I kind of like that, though, because i feel like over the years peter parker's made to be this perfect a perfect person but this perfect moral morally good person which is kind of not realistic at all like I don't he's think still you know, growing really, yeah even then but you haven't like there's no person that's just like all the time 100 percent perfect yeah and it's like kind of nice but also kind of like hey supposed to be that person you're supposed to at least try to be that person that's we're supposed to do, try to be that person please well this and,
1: uh, that's something that I think is really the ball with that one. it's really core to Spider-Man's character is his sense of responsibility, his sense of morality. This is something I'm going to be talking a lot more in depth about in a video I'm making about the Maximum Carnage storyline because Maximum Carnage really really dives into that theme. Um that video is probably up on my YouTube by the time this episode's out. Um if you want to check it out. But uh so that's where like seeing this, yeah, like he's not fully there yet because there is one moment in Maximum Carnage where he sees some people getting mugged or whatever and he's like currently in pursuit of Carnage and he's like oh I can't help them like I need to go chase after Carnage like that's not my problem and then he hesitates and he goes what am I talking about like of course it is and he goes and he helps them and so I think that's something where you kind of see that growth over time where like right now he's having that opinion of like oh that's not my problem but I think as he makes more mistakes and more bad stuff happens to him or people he cares about He'll start to really, um, take that a bit more, uh, personally. I think. Right. But, um, moving on to issue 35, yes. The Return of the Molten Man, the villain that nobody wanted back. Well, you liked his first appearance, didn't you? If I remember correctly? For
0: as much as you can like a Molten Man on issue. I, yeah, I
1: feel like I remember you saying you liked that one. I and... you did like Molten Man? Uh, I used to. I used to think he was really cool, but honestly, I've kind of, I'm over him. But, um, Pretty. What I thought was pretty dumb about this issue is he obviously gets out of jail. You know, he's been a perfect uh, prisoner or whatever. And then he's just immediately like, now I'm going to go kill Spider-Man. It's like his motive doesn't make any sense. Because in his. What were we saying?
0: He could have easily broke out of prison.
1: He could have easily broke out of prison. But aside from that, it's like in his first appearance, he was just some dude. The metal whatever fell on him. And then he just kind of went into a rampage. So there was no motive there. Like, I already thought in the first appearance that his motive didn't make any sense, but then now he's getting out of prison, and he's just like, now I'm gonna go kill Spider-Man. And it's like, why do you want to do that? Is it because he put you in prison? But, like, it's, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense.
0: Um, One thing I'll mention, too, is in 34, um, there's a lot of, obviously, talking in between characters that aren't Craven and Spider-Man, and there's, I guess, lulls in the action, which I'm fine with, but... Dan mentioned in the issue and then in this issue it's right to the action and it pretty much like doesn't stop for a while. So I didn't I didn't note that just because I think it was interesting. I bet they thought like issue thirty four it didn't have enough action. Let's just get right to it in issue thirty five.
1: Right, which I think uh that's something that I'm glad that modern comics um don't do anymore. I feel like Stan does not give his readers enough credit because he'll like if he has any storytelling without action, he's like, "I'm sorry, guys, the action's coming." And I'm like, "No, no, I want the storytelling. Like, yeah. I want the give me more scenes with Gwen and Peter. Like, that is what I want." Well, he's probably mostly trying to. The, it's for the kids, kids, you know. Yeah. yeah. Back Which, then, comics have I was evolved. Like that
0: too. I mean, when I was like, really young, I was like, "Man, screw this. I don't care."
1: Yeah, comics have evolved. That that is certainly uh, true. Whereas, like nowadays, I feel like writers can write you know, a novel in a comic book and it's like, it's fine. Um, Sorry, it was really
0: interesting to see uh Molten man smoking. Oh yeah. Like how does that work?
1: He's got iron lungs, man. Iron lungs. Um, what I do think is funny is so Molten man goes in disguise to rob a bank and fight Spider-Man and catch him off guard or whatever. Um, and I don't know what technology they got back in the sixties, but apparently it's really easy to have a realistic mask because patch has one. He has one. I think Norman uses one at some point. And I'm just like, everybody's, there's no everybody's chance that looks real. They
0: got access to high quality silicone. They all yeah, got them. Yeah. That's,
1: That's, it. I don't, whatever. You know, I can suspend my disbelief enough, but I just thought that was funny. Um,. <sighs> But Spider-Man ends up suspecting Molten Man, so he goes, checks him out at his home, he follows him on the street, and he's just living a normal life. I do think it's funny, he's literally just walking down the street and no one's turning their head at the, like, gold guy walking down the street. I mean, you
0: got the Fantastic Four, you got the Avengers, you got, you know, there's Thor running around. I mean, even then, they've probably seen a bunch of stuff.
1: I guess. I think it would turn some heads.
0: It would definitely. But I'll tell you, I really like Dicko's art in the five issues. I don't know why. I don't know if it's different or I'm just noticing it, but I really do like the way he drew Spider-Man in these five issues. Like, it just looks very crisp and clean. and
1: It definitely looks a lot better than, yeah. the, like, the beginning of the series. No, it definitely. definitely... Um, and I do like... The one thing that I do like about Molten Man is the art of them fighting is pretty good because, like, the yellow contrasted against the red and blue. Like, it's, it's very colorful. One thing that I really loved in this fight scene that happened... so. Man goes, Rob's a bank. Spider-Man stops him, you know, you know the story, um, I love how Stan goes, we promised Artie Simic, which is the letterer, he goes, we promised him we let him go wild with sound effects for a page or two, so here goes, and then it's just a bunch of panels of, like, thwop, patui, brock, kapow, like, the classic, like, cheesy comic book, like, I was imagining, like, if this was a, a, a TV show or a movie, it'd be like, BOOM! Like, colorful, goofy, like...
0: It was fun to read. It was a little bit of a break. It was a break from <laughs> me, the reading, yeah. Um, And I think it was a break for Stan. And even when he did it in issue 38, he even said it was. You could yeah. tell that he just didn't want to write all this dialogue for what... Because they, they
1: do that going. multiple times. Like, they literally just let Artie Simic go wild with the lettering. And I'm I'm here for it, you know?
0: I honestly think, because we look at some of these issues... Like, I don't know when they started doing this. But I noticed in these issues, it says <laughs> plotted plus artwork by Steve Deco. So... It's kind of fun to with what we know, which we really don't know what happened at the end of the day. Like, see how.
1: Oh, I see. and like, plot. Give, and yeah. Give, give
0: me plot because you know we're I'm plotting these things out. So put start putting plot in my you know I mean, or next to my name. Because I think I think
1: Steve Dicko was going like here's what's going to happen, and then Stan yeah. Lee was actually writing the script of what is said. So yeah, um, at least they're giving him that credit, which is nice. Well, it's the
0: Marvel way. I thought it was like Stan gave him, or at least maybe not with these, these books, but Stan gave him the plot usually, and then they would draw it, and then he would put dialogue to it. Wasn't that like the Marvel method? The Marvel they method... They co- so, coined it that, right? So
1: the Marvel method is a very controversial... This is actually a great moment to talk about it because these are Steve Dicker's last um, issues. The Marvel method is a very controversial thing in Marvel Comics history because it's basically take a bunch of creators, put them in a room, and just they create the comic book, right? Like, it's not like nowadays where the writer will plot it out, they'll write a script, they'll send it over to the artist. Like, nowadays the writer will literally write how many panels are on a page and what is depicted in them, and the artist will just draw it. And they'll add their own spin on it, but That's pretty much how it's done. And so you can easily credit writer, artist, and it's good. But back in the Marvel Method days, it was kind of just like everyone would contribute in their own way. And so it was more of a collaborative experience. And so that ended up becoming a point of tension for Steve Ditko because he felt like he wasn't getting enough credit for what he was doing. Um, Which ultimately, that's why these were his last five issues. Um, I'm pretty sure, and I will confirm before next week's episode. um, But I think actually the plot of 39 and 40 is why Steve Ditko left.
0: I'm, that's what I've always heard too.
1: That's whatever. I'll, I'll do more research so we can actually talk about it in that episode. But um, so, yeah, I, I do like to see. I think you can kind of tell that Stanley and Steve Dicko's relationship was getting a little more tense because he is giving him that plot credit in here where they're like trying to appease him uh, and it's about to hit a boiling point.
0: And <laughs> what do you think? Stan's doing all these like, you know, a pal bang just He's like, this is so, like, I can't really write anything to this.
1: Yeah, and they just you know, wanted than, to have a good old action scene
0: and you know, other than it's like, oh, I'm jumping now and doing this, and then oh, you know, I'll take care of these guys in a splitty lickety split and then
1: That is the one thing that is the hardest part about reading these old <laughs> books is when the characters narrate what they're doing. I'm like, there's art, we can see what you're doing. Sometimes it provides a little insight into their thought process, but like most of the time it's completely pointless. But Yeah um but yeah he fights molten man molten man gets away ends up going home but spider-man beats him there and he ends up uh what's the word for this cattle uh what's it called when like a person like ropes up an animal god you know what I'm um, talking about not like hog tying. yeah no, kind like of no, but um, like a lasso yeah, I don't I know. There's a there's a there's a phrase I'm trying to think of. I can't think of it. But um, Spider Man ties him up pretty expertly, if I'm being honest. That
0: is a hog tie, is it
1: not? It is. Yeah. <laughs> But he he like he, he's fighting him and he I I would love to see this in like a movie like he's fighting him and he wraps like a rope around one hand and the other hand and gets him tied up and that's how he ends up beating Molten Man and getting ev- he has the photographic evidence of him breaking into the bank so he can actually get sent back to jail so
0: I will say one thing that I thought was pretty interesting is when Molten Man when Spider Man was following Molten Man and he goes into uh, a building right and Spider Man's waiting for Molten Man to come back out and Molten Man comes back out in a disguise. And then Spider-Man goes right to, like, try to, you know, um, (laughs) attack him, right? I was like, are they going to do the thing where it's not actually Molten Man? It's just some random guy that pops out, and it's going to be like, oh, my God. You know, Spider-Man just kicked my butt for no reason. He's a menace. But it was actually Molten Man.
1: Yeah. Well, he had the Spider Tracer, so he knew it was him.
0: Is that why he knew it was him? I would I guess just, so. Yeah. He just he just looked right at him. And was like because the spider tracers used his out. spider
1: sense, so as soon as he walked out, he probably had that sense of like this is yeah. him.
0: But he changed the outfit, so he saw the spider tracker on him.
1: Yeah. Apparently, I don't know. Uh. But last the ending of this, but book... it would have been.
0: I feel like. I feel like if Mola Man was a, a smarter villain. He there would have definitely been like if it was Doc Ock or the Green Goblin or somebody, you would have seen a random person come out and then it would have flashed forward to I saw Spider Man chasing me, so I had to go out a different exit, that type of thing. Yeah. But I feel like uh Mullman just isn't that guy.
1: Mulman, uh you, he's not that guy.
0: He's got the uh got the rocks um the metal front.
1: But at the end of this issue is also when Peter learns that Betty has left the Daily Bugle, um, and he gets upset. And shout out Steve Dicca's art. The very last panel of this book is Peter Parker walking away with, like, the outline of Betty's head and hair um, and, like, shattered glass. And it says the end. So that's why I'm saying definitively this is the end. I think that panel denotes that Peter and Betty are not happening. Like, there may still be a bit of, like, she comes back and that's emotional for him. But, like, the hope of them being together, over. Yeah, I would agree. Um, But overall, 35 is another... Oh, I do have this one right here. Issue 35. Didn't even realize I had it. Uh, I went digging through my box and found it. But uh, uh, that's another one I would rate like 5, honestly.
0: Yeah. Again, it's kind of same old, same old stuff. Yeah, it's like it's... In terms of villain.
1: Molten Man, don't really care.
0: Again, these issues for me were underwhelming.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And this is just... I'm mostly following the Betty Brant, Gwen, Peter. Like you said, that's what almost did in these.
1: Yeah, Peter's social until life. we get is to big issue
0: 37, team. which I will not be able to shut up about because I'm a fanboy, but we'll get to
1: Well, then we should get there and move on to issue 36. So, uh, <laughs> uh, 36. Now, I was really excited to read this one. Uh, only because. Now, you talked about the covers for these issues. Me personally, I freaking love this cover. Now, I do have this issue as well. <sighs> Uh, pretty good uh, copy. Displays yeah, really good. well. Um, I love the colors on this cover. I love the pose that Spider-Man's in. I love the, like... I think those are supposed to be, like, planets or... Yeah, I guess there's the sun and planets orbiting around. It's a very, very cool cover. I really, really like it. Um, So I was excited to read it. And I knew nothing about the looter. I do know that he kind of comes back in the comics later, but he's not really... He's, like, a D-list villain. Um, I was, uh pleasantly surprised about this issue but not wowed there's the dog cameo gotta have the dog cameo guess i'll just keep talking then uh i was i was surprised like th- this issue was good when it could have been terrible uh but it wasn't mind-blowing basically so the summary there's a guy who is wanting to be a scientist but he also mentions that he flunked science in high school at some point so i'm like how are you how are you He's just a nut. Oh yeah, he's a nut. Um, which I think Stanley even says. He's like, you guessed it, this guy is a part-time nut. Um, but he finds a meteor, and the meteor has like gas trapped in it, which gives him strength. I'm noticing that just like any random thing will give people super strength. I mean, we'll comics. see that in
0: issue 38, which is probably the most ridiculous uh, yes. display of that. Um, but I kind of like the looter. I, I was like, oh, kind of cool. He's yeah. I think the looter is a cool name. I think. Uh, the looter d-list villains i think
1: the looters a cool name but i wish he had more interesting powers like it's just like he's strong we've seen right. that we've seen that how many how many super villains are just like I'm strong. I'm strong um but he's like all right now i can get the money i need because i have superpowers so i'm going to go steal money and fund my research with that yada 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 ends up trying to steal a meteor to keep his powers Spider-Man beats him the end that's the summary uh, the most actually important successful,
0: thing he's actually successful at stealing money for like he said he went on like a spree for like a week which you usually don't see for these type of characters
1: Yeah, Spider-Man was busy at school right? Um, which he even says like because I've been busy with my fights with Kraven and Molten Man I've been missing classes so I need to focus on like going to classes Um, and this is when you really see him start to be like oh let me try and make a good impression on my classmates uh, and so he goes up and tries to be like how's it going guys Um, and my favorite scene in this issue is when Gwen and her friend, whose name I don't think we know, are like, she's like, I don't know. I think you're wrong about Parker. I think he's, um, I think he's nice. And Gwen's like, yeah, right. You know, go ahead and try and prove it. And so she goes to talk to Peter. Now, this was the perfect opportunity for Peter to change people's perceptions of him. And he completely... Drops the ball. Yep. Completely Uh, drops the ball.
0: He was doing well until he was like, oh, I'm not just going to be another, you know, bird brain. Is that what he says? Bird brain. Or just another smart guy that's going to go and, you know, even out all the, the jocks that are going. He
1: says, uh, egghead. Egghead. Yeah, he literally, he's like, he's being nice. They're hitting it off. She's inviting him to a party. Even Gwen around the corner is like, wow, they're hitting it off so well. I didn't think, um... Yada, yada. And the girl he's talking to is like, wow, he's so dreamy. And and look at his smile. Like, he's totally nailing it. And then she mentions something like, oh, I want someone with brains there instead of all these dumb jocks. Which is a a, a nice thing to say. Like, that's a compliment. And he goes, oh, she just thinks I'm an egghead. And then he completely blows her off and totally ruins the progress that he was making. Which further proves that Peter just does not know how to, to interact with people.
0: Horrible social skills, yeah.
1: Horrible. Also, like, what do you, like, I don't know if this is, like, a 60s thing, but, like, I w- if someone's telling you, like, oh, you're smart, I want you instead of the, the jocks, is that an insult in the 60s?
0: Uh, I guess it is to Peter. I guess so. I mean, I feel like it would be. I mean, I guess it depends on the person. Peter just doesn't want to hear
1: it. Yeah, he wants to be thought of as the the big, beefy, um... Big Muslim which I, can... also, I
0: think it's I think it's Spider Man in this one. But he keeps calling the word pussycat is used in this issue like five times. And it's really just jarring because all of a sudden he's just calling everybody or he's calling this guy a pussycat. Which I think he's calling the the, the, um, the looter's actual name or looter in general.
1: I think that is uh slang from the sixties.
0: Well no, I know what it is. I know but it's just jarring that it's just all of a sudden just it's a weird it's a weird thing to call someone. Yeah. Or at least... <laughs> what? I don't know. You're, like, imagine nowadays someone walks up to you, like, man, you're a cat.
1: I mean, people have abbreviated you're calling that. Me a,
0: you're, uh, calling me a, you're calling me a kitten? Like a baby, little baby cat? Yeah. How am I supposed to take offense to that?
1: I mean, I don't know if it's really an offensive thing. I think it's more just like a he's like a coward i guess yeah that's well I, I would see it i like. mean you can think of a modern day uh similar
0: right, yeah. well i'm not even trying to get at that or that you know i'm just saying it's just such a strange thing well i think like, that's like, where it kind of came from
1: like i feel right, like right. in the 60s it was like calling someone a pussycat and then nowadays it's abbreviated and it's obviously morphed a lot but um so that's interesting that cause like nowadays you wouldn't write that in a comic book, right? Like that's obviously a little bit too much. Um, so I guess maybe it was less big of a deal back then, or maybe, um, Stan just didn't care. I'm guessing it's probably the first one, but
0: I'm not even saying that. I'm not even gonna say that it's abbreviated nowadays. It's just a, it's just like an odd thing to call somebody. It is. yeah. I think it's pretty great. I think and it was jarring to just see it all of a sudden used like five times in this issue. Um, yeah. I will say, uh, you said that the comes back i was wondering if he ever does mm-hmm. so i'm, I'm
1: fairly certain he does yeah
0: and then also uh i really enjoyed when looter tries to get away from spider-man and uses that parachute of his to start slowly lifting up like he's like so long you're never gonna catch me as he slowly listens <laughs> to the air and spider-man immediately just climbs a wall and meets him up there yeah and i, I think the aerial fight was pretty cool i enjoyed that
1: yeah, I liked that he had the web, like, he had one arm and one foot on a web, and then was fighting with his other hand and foot. Um, a big uh, s- uh, setting for this issue was the science exhibit, because that's where Luder was trying to steal the meteorite. Um, and it's also where we see a little bit more Peter and Gwen development. Um Peter's at the space exhibit and Gwen sees him and she goes, Oh, it's Peter Parker. I wonder if this is fate. This could be my chance to really get to know him. I'll, I'll accidentally bump into him. So this is when I was really starting to be like, okay, she has a, a crush on Peter, obviously like she's had some like, Oh, he's kind of interesting. Oh, he's not like going after me, whatever. I think this is kind of the classic trope of like the girl wants the guy who isn't going after her. Like the girl who is sought after by every guy in the school wants the one guy who isn't, see like, going after her. And so he's not going after me. Because, exactly, yeah. And yeah. so she she starts doing, like, the classic, like, I'll try to bump into him accidentally. And you see him, like, her, like, in the back of a panel while he's walking. And she's like, either he hasn't noticed me or he's ignoring me. Just immediately goes to the worst case. Uh, and then Looter comes in. And that gosh darn Parker luck, he goes running off to change into Spider-Man to save the day. Gwen sees him run off and goes, oh, he's a
0: coward. Well, that's classic. classic. And she was not happy with him after he returned as Peter Parker to the uh, exhibit.
1: Which, one thing, from that, like, her thinking he's a coward, him running off, first of all, I'm thinking, like, okay, isn't it obvious he runs off, Spider-Man shows up, he leaves, and then Peter comes back, but aside from that, I don't actually know this, does Gwen ever actually find out his secret identity?
0: I don't think so. It's just kind of crazy.
1: That's pretty wild, because obviously in the movie it was like almost immediately.
0: I think uh, I could be wrong, but what I, from what I know it was like till the end. She just never found out.
1: I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll find out in time.
0: I'm not even gonna look it up. I'm just gonna wait. I'm pretty sure she does <laughs> That's not. That's what I mean. Yeah, like, we're
1: gonna we'll find out reading it. Which is. It's just sad, dude. It's just sad. It is. Well, people probably thought they were going to last longer, and she would find out at some point, but uh, they didn't quite make it there. I'm also interested to see, because I personally have no clue when Mary Jane figures out, or finds out. I do. Don't even tell me. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out when it happens, because I, I do not remember at all when that happens, but... <laughs> I do. It's,
0: uh... I was to say it so bad, I
1: won't do it. <laughs> when is
0: it? Like, in the... Like two fifty seven or something like that. Yeah,
1: um, I know it's not for a while. Yeah. Obviously, yeah.
0: Oh no, she's actually she actually figures it out.
1: Uh, okay. Well, I'll have to see that happen because I I didn't know that. Um. Now, shout out! Uh, I think Artie Simic does the the text bubbles, but he did the the icy text bubble when she's like mad at peter again which we've seen that with Betty brandt i really love when they do that it really adds that nice flavor to the iciness coming from her Yep. um and i i especially love she goes it's hard to believe that anyone so manly looking could be a coward
0: so i guess he's starting to look muscular in his old age because uh
1: he's he's ditched he those awful older. glasses and sweater vests like he's 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 dressing up a little nicer because
0: they used to call him scrawny yeah. So now I guess he's beefing. He's bulk. Which he
1: makes sense, you know. I mean, we see him later, and he's obviously beefcake, so.
0: That's why I like Ramita's, uh reputation. I think he looks the best. Mark
1: Bagley draws some muscles on that man. Yeah,
0: but it's not like, they're just very rich. They're not necessarily uh,
1: yeah.
0: mm-hmm. large in size.
1: Agree to disagree. Um,
0: well, I'm about to look at Mark Bagley. Well, I guess. you. <laughs>
1: but uh yeah so then um, Spider-Man fights looter beats him the end uh not much to take away from that like I said the biggest takeaways from these issues is the Gwen and Peter stuff which you know it's that's, that's all it is but overall I'd rate this issue six out of 10
0: uh, 5.5 to six yeah depends like it's better what than the last is... two
1: but it's oh, still no, not yeah. still not that good.
0: I would say out of all these it's the second best yeah yeah I would agree with that. Now get to my favorite one. Which, take it. Uh, take it away. Issue 37, which I Oh, like stretch
1: I do have. I used to have it. I think I traded it.
0: Um and we all know why I have it. If you don't already, I'm a massive fan of the Green Goblin.
1: I think I think they
0: know. They know unless it's their first episode. And so obviously, this is the first appearance of Norman Osborn as Norman Osborn in the Amazing Spider-Man or in general. Now, at this point, we don't know if it's the Great Goblin yet. Um,
1: but, I have made my case in a previous episode of Webheads that this is not actually the first appearance of Norman Osborn. And I'm not talking about the panels with his face hidden. Right. There was that one issue. I don't even remember what issue it was. I don't know. But there was a person that definitely looked a whole lot like Norman Osborn talking to JJ.
0: And, and we yes, know this, each other. this helps that. <laughs> But it's technically his first appearance because even, like, by and by age, you saw their faces in books and that wasn't their first appearance. It was their cameo. You know, 300 is the first full appearance. So this is his first full appearance. Yeah, yeah. First official appearance. Um, first time he's named. For me, yes. For me, I did not know that he was such a big part of this issue. Actually, just a main character in this issue. I thought it was always kind of like a couple panels where he was, you know, dropping Harry off at school or something like that. For whatever reason, that's how I remembered it um but no he is a from start to finish a mainstay in this issue also i think at this point obviously this is issue 37 we find out in issue 39 that he's the green goblin oh right. spoilers man i mean come on we find out he's the green goblin <laughs> i think at this point stan kind of knows what he wants to do with norman immediately um and you can see that through multiple different things which i'll definitely point out that he kind of hints at him not being the Green Goblin, probably being the Green Goblin, but being something more than just an average
1: guy. What I was very surprised by, because obviously I knew, you know, Norman Osborn's coming around in two issues. We're going to find out that he's Green Goblin. So like, obviously I knew there wasn't going to be a whole lot of time before we know. I was very surprised that immediately they're like no this guy's this guy's bad like yeah he, he knocks spider-man out he try he, he like it's heavily alluded to the fact that he shoots strom so okay yeah. so basically the, the the main plot of the story strom a former associate of norman osborne who he kind of betrayed and got him arrested he gets out of jail and he goes after norman with robots to get revenge and spider-man saves him and norman ends up well someone ends up shooting dr strom um and it's heavily alluded that it's norman osborne um, and it's at, like, a window up in the air. And so Spider-Man's like, where did he go? How did he do that? Now, obviously, nowadays, we're like, oh, he had his glider. Obviously, he was Green Goblin, which it's kind of the image of Green Goblin holding a shotgun through a window. Kind of funny. But I was very surprised. I thought that it was just going to be like, here's Norman Osborn, Harry's dad. And then you find out he's Green Goblin. But they're like, no, no, Norman's bad. And then we find out he's Green Goblin. So that that surprised me.
0: Yeah, I think it was really cool. I mean... I would have loved to know when the conversation between Dicko and Steve started on what or who Norman was going to be and what Green Goblin was going to be. But if it didn't in this issue, Stan just kind of went with it and was like, I'm going to make this guy at least somebody. Yeah. Point. Like
1: I will will do the research before next week and we can fully talk about it. But I'm fairly certain that Steve Dicko didn't want Norman Osborn to be Green Goblin. I don't remember who he wanted Green Goblin to be.
0: He wanted to be a, a no one we knew. Maybe that was it. Yeah, but
1: that was a huge disagreement that they had, um, and ultimately that was, I think, why he ended up leaving the book. But
0: it at least was the, the last straw. But no, yeah, I remember it was. Stan wanted to be someone we knew, and Dicko did not. He wanted to be some random guy.
1: Yeah, which I'm
0: kind of team Stan on that one. Yeah, no, that's fully like. I mean, how many random people that?
1: Well, when you, you when know? you've teased and alluded to his identity so much, yeah, it kind of has to have a payoff. It can't be like, oh, it's Joe. And you're like, who's Joe? Joe Smith? Yeah, Joe Smith, man. The most generic <laughs> name possible. I think that was kind of intended. but yeah. my, You will talk about Norman Osborn and all of that all you want. My takeaway from this book, more Gwen Stacy, man. Because mm. this had another great scene with them where I think we're really starting to see the blossoming of a relationship here because Peter goes and tries to talk to Gwen. He's like, Hey, we're heading to the same class. Like, can I walk with you? And she's like, no, uh, blah, blah, blah. You're usually too stuck up to say hi to anyone. And then Peter again, puts his foot in his mouth and he's like, well, at least I'm not a temperamental female who drools over a fellow one day and then acts like an icicle to him the next. And he even says in a thought bubble, he's like, man, that temper of mine, like I've really put my foot in it. Um, so at least he's self-aware about it. But my favorite thing is she goes to like kind of slap him and his spider speed, he just goes and like stops it and whacks her hand. And she even says like, ow, like he obviously hit her kind of hard. So she sees that he's strong, you know, she sees a little bit of like, oh, and what I love is as he's like hitting her hand, he goes, anyone ever tell you you're gorgeous when you're angry? And I was like, "Dang, Peter's smooth out here. He's coming in with the one-liners." Um, so that was when everything changed, I think, because then Flash comes in, kind of interrupts the conversation. But Gwen, in her thoughts, is just like, "Wow, Peter wasn't scared of Flash. Like he's strong. He's you know whatever." She's
0: she's um. Uh... Also, I gotta say it. Those little clips in the front of her hair always, when I first look at them, make it look like she has horns.
1: They are a little weird, yeah. I'm waiting for the the iconic uh, headband.
0: Yeah, classic.
1: Yeah, classic. But um, that's probably definitely Romina. But yeah, this is the this is the beginning of that's why like that is the thing that I was looking at the most and enjoying the most about these issues is because like I'm really excited to see the arc of Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker. Obviously, like going from I didn't even realize she hated him at first. So like going from her hating him to liking him and them dating and then obviously falling in love and ultimately the ending of that story. Uh, That's what I'm here for the ride. And so I'm watching for all those little bits of just like, he's starting to put the moves on, which I think is really funny. Like, he's he's actually being kind of smooth and trying to go for it. So, we'll see where that goes.
0: So, Strom sends his first robot to a facility in which Norman owns to pretty much destroy it, so hit him where it hurts, he says, and hit him in his wallet, so, like, destroy this facility. And, obviously, Spider-Man kind of smells the smoke of fire that's going on in there, goes in, tackles the uh, the robot down, gets him in the fire. Actually, the robot starts outmatching Spider-Man. and even yeah. says, like, oh, got tentacles. It's shaving of Doc Ock. And I, yeah. uh, to get the, the little robot, tentacle robot, off of him, he kind of jumps into the fire. The robot ends up getting ruined, are getting destroyed And as Spider-Man's coming out of the fire, obviously people are going to say, okay, Spider-Man started the fire. Obviously, yeah. We also find out that J.J. and Norman are in the same, I guess, club of some sort.
1: Yeah, so, I think it's like a gentleman's club type thing. Right.
0: And so J.J.'s like, listen, we know Spider-Man did this. We're going to get him. We're going to, you know, plaster him all the news, that, 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 that. <laughs> Norman's like, it wasn't. It. He knows right off the bat. It wasn't him because he knows Spider-Man. He knows Spider-Man's not going to do that. He knows he's actually a hero. So there's your first hint first Shade of he knows a little bit more than he probably should if he was a normal person.
1: That, but also I was like, I think he also knows that it's Strom.
0: Probably a little bit of both, I would say.
1: Yeah, probably a little bit of both. I think it might be like a little bit of a hint but it's not too obvious because I think you could also look at it and be like, he obviously knows it's Strom because he knows that he got out of jail and he knows that he betrayed him, yada yada. <laughs> It makes sense. He was probably expecting that. Um,
0: right. We see the first uh, Norman Harry.
1: We see Norman being an absolute dick to Harry. Right. Which is, yeah. you know, par for the course.
0: Um, Patches back in this issue as well. Yes. So.
1: And I think, I think. Spider-Man's starting to get on the trail of figuring out that he's Foswell because he's literally like, Oh, I can't get a lead on Foswell. I guess I'll just follow a patch. Like you're starting to see a little bit of association between the two.
0: We'll see it probably happen. The reveal will happen at some point, I would hope.
1: Yeah. I'm very interested to see like it's so crazy to me that like how much in these in these early issues, um, Foswell is just as much a main side character as like JJ is. But obviously, overall, in, like, the mythos of Spider-Man, that's not the case. So I'm interested to see, like, what happens with Foswell and when he kind of goes away. Because, obviously, like, if you think of, like, name Spider-Man side characters, people will be like Jonah J. Jameson, Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane, Betty Brant, Flash Thompson, all these people. But most people wouldn't say Foswell. But he is just as important. Like, he is just as big in the Daily Bugle as Betty Brant and J.J. is, yep. character-wise.
0: So something must happen.
1: Maybe he dies or something? Yeah, I don't know. That
0: but... probably happens somewhat soon, to the point where after decades of other issues, he just kind of gets lost in the uh, in the mess, but uh, Straw makes another robot. This time it's big and metal. It shoots a big old laser beam. A little bit and more
1: stereotypical yes, of a robot.
0: It goes right into Norman's office, crashes the door, and instead of killing him at first, just starts destroying everything, because it must destroy his finance, destroy everything that is important to him and then kill Norman. Yep. As this is happening though, because Spider Man placed Tracer on the robot earlier, Spider Man comes into the window and starts fighting the robot, in which Norman says, you know, you know, why is he here? Why is he doing this? First off, again like kind of already I don't know. I am mean, looking into it, but I think it's pretty cool. You know, why is he you, here, you know?
1: You can tell he's got a little bit of a like he even says, I think, something along the right lines of like yeah. Spider Man's gonna ruin all my plans. I need to stop him. And so you're thinking like he, what plans?
0: He said he hopes he just the robot just finishes. Yeah. Just Which, it's...
1: I obviously, you know, we've talked about how I'm trying to read these as if I don't know what's gonna happen, right? It's a little hard to do that with Norman Osborne, like obviously I know he's Green Goblin. I really wonder if anyone predicted or suspected it from this issue. Like, I I don't know if, I genuinely don't know if you would read this and go like, oh, he's an evil businessman who has some plans. Or if you would connect the dots and be like, he's the Green
0: Goblin. Definitely probably, at least, I would definitely say, oh, he's probably somebody. And, oh, but if he's someone we know, and then if, I'm sure if someone back then really dug into it, they could probably be, oh, he could be this guy, or this guy, or this guy. Green Goblin might fall into that category. But this is issue thirty-seven. The last time Goblin was in an issue was twenty-six. So if he's coming out mm-hmm. monthly, it's been like more than it probably more than a more year, more than a year yeah. since Goblin's been in a new issue. So I'd be like, I'd be surprised if anybody was like, oh damn, Probably the Green Goblin? You know, if this happened in issue. He is wearing a green suit, which is great. I, I hope. I, w- I really hope that that was probably not because well, the inkers would do that.
1: You never know. So you never know.
0: Again think that would be anybody with stands doing
1: but norman knocks spider-man over the head with a rock he knocks him out which oh, indicates strength uh oh he does yeah yeah, yeah. I, spider-man yeah. thinks he got hit by flying debris
0: yeah I, I even put it like because he got so norman punched him in the back of the head knocks spider man out which you don't see that happening even when he gets punched i mean he's been punched by the molten man and he's like ow that really hurts
1: indicates strength a,
0: a lot of strength, even when Spider-Man up, he says, I must have been hit." <laughs> king-sized piece falling debris, yep. which, nope, it was just the left hand of an uh, arch nemesis. I,
1: I, I do think at this point, yeah, they're obviously alluding to him being Green Goblin intentionally, right? Like, the showing that strength in the punch, obviously, the shot coming through a window, and then Spider-Man being like, wait, but how did he vanish so soon from this window? It's like, he had a glider, you know? Like, they're they're dropping little breadcrumbs. <sighs> to hint, setting up what you what readers back then probably thought was a new mystery, right? Like, there was already the mystery of who's Green Goblin. Now there's this Norman Osborn character, and people are going, what's going on with him? And so it probably blew a lot of people's minds when it turned out that they were the same mystery.
0: Yeah, I, think there was, a, I, I was thinking, like, okay, issue 37, he's is introduced. Issue 39, he's is revealed. It's probably like, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, well, we just met him. But actually... Even after reading this issue, I feel like I would have been pretty into it when the reveal happened. Yeah. Like, oh my God, the Green Alpha back then. All this time it's been this guy and after seven. I think it would have been pretty cool even back then.
1: Well, and it really carries over into the next issue, um, which before we dive into that, um, how would you rate thirty seven?
0: six 6.5 i think it was really cool i think if you take norman osborne out of it i give it like five i think you put him in it bumps it up yeah uh
1: norman osborne and gwen stacy carried the issue for me uh don't really care about strom or his robots so i i would agree like six 6.5 where it was kind of just you know it was yeah, good I, but it wasn't i think it was really
0: deep. i think it was really cool that like first off strom died of a heart attack not getting shot yeah because norman missed and then he died of a heart attack which was an interesting thing why did not you just make him get shot a little weird but, yeah a little weird but yeah obviously yeah his glider i wonder if he suited up fully or he was just in a suit that's uh, what i'm glider. saying
1: the image of green goblin floating at a window no way the, no way he
0: if you put his mask on and everything it just there's no way i think he was just in a suit that would be pretty cool too we'll never know, we'll never know. we could it's fun to. and then uh so yeah strom dies of a heart attack um norman's like rubbing his rifle so obviously it was
1: it was him. Yeah,
0: not Um But he says at the end of this that Spider Man's got to be dealt with. Something's going to happen.
1: And that happens in the next issue, issue 38.
0: I think that this also is why 3940 or at least 39 this set him back on Spider Man. Yep. I haven't seen him in uh probably even real time. Probably been like a year or a half real time since two twenty six inside of this universe. So I think this kind of set Norman's sights right back on. After. He's yeah, he, he's been hiding. Uh,
1: we've talked about it before in the last appearances of Green Goblin where he like why he kind of fixated on Spider Man and then I think he I think he said in his last appearance, I don't remember, but he was something along the lines of like, I'm gonna lay low for a while, I'm gonna yada yada. And then I think Spider Man getting involved in this whole business with strom i i 100 agree i think he's like oh i gotta take care of him now but we don't see green goblin taking care of him we see norman osborne taking care of him because norman osborne goes to hire he puts out a bounty on spider-man basically so all of the underworld is like yo let's go get spider-man um and this issue kind of has two storylines there's that and then there's this guy named joe um joe smith who wants to be a boxer but he's a terrible fighter he tries being a wrestler but he gets beat some dude gets him a job as an actor and he's playing like a super villain in a movie and a freak accident let's talk about this for a second a light falls they call it an arc light but it's it's a light like you would use in in a stage production or a movie
0: it's like when i got like Above me. Yeah, yeah. Like I've, Not I've, high tech.
1: I've worked. I, I, did theater tech in high school. I've worked with these type of lights. Like it's just like it's a, you know, it's a fancy lay. Falls on some, and this was the part I, I actually laughed out loud when I was reading it, because it shows the rock hitting the light, and they're like, "Heads up! It's falling in a puddle of spilled chemicals from the previous scene." It's almost like a
0: spoof. It's, it feels spoofy. It
1: feels like a parody. I'm like, first of all. You you use the real chemicals in this movie? Like, no one does that. You're filming a movie, you use some fake stuff. And this light falls on these chemicals, which electrocutes him, and gives him super strength, slash kind of sends him into a rampage?
0: Makes him crazy. He gives him really bad anger. Very weird. Very weird. It's like weird. the Hulk, in which he says, the matter I get, the stronger I get. I did notice that. I, I was waiting for Spider-Man to be like, well... Sounds familiar, yeah. Um, But yeah, Joe, the character, pretty much wants to be a boxer. Not a good at it. Goes to be an actor. This happens. He goes mad and is like, "I'm." Everybody laughed at. Everyone said it was nothing. I want to be something. I want to be the champion. And he just starts. Whenever he gets into this like fit of rage, he just starts punching everybody that's in like vicinity. Yeah. Um, There's also this his manager that. Is kind of like his guardian in a way, like I don't, caretaker like, kind of. Yeah, took that him that under his thing. wing, sort of. Right, that took him under his wing. So there's that to mention as well. Like he's the one who got him the job <laughs> to be the actor. Yeah. They mm-hmm. gets him another job. Well, actually, no. So so that happens. He goes like bonkers because but, they start. Yeah. St- they, they 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 start. Filming another scene the same day after this happens. So he gets absolutely electrocuted. And they're like, Alright, you can feel better, let's do the scene and then that's when he starts punching actually punching the actors and kicking their butt. and crash through studio walls and goes into the city where that's so obviously he meets Spider Man fighting him.
1: Yeah, he fights Spider Man, Spider Man or he gets away. The manager takes him to his home and they're like he's like, You gotta calm down, buddy. And he does not calm down.
0: In between that, though. See, Norman.
1: Oh, I was going to... Where's Norman? Oh, oh, yeah. That's Norman hiring the, the... I was thinking time. of Ned Leeds. Hmm. Peter and Ned Leeds have a little
0: standoff. Uh, yeah, like the, I think it's like one of the next...
1: Which, when they're days. like, they're like, oh, I thought... Like, they both thought that Betty chose the other one. And it turns out she chose neither. Um... That's all, the t- that's all there really is to take away from this scene, them just kind of fighting. Uh, one thing I did think was funny in the panel where they are looking at each other and pointing at each other, I never realized, like, Ned Leeds does look a lot like Peter, except for the blonde hair. <sighs> so I think Betty has a type.
0: Well, but...
1: But what was the Norman scene? I don't even remember that.
0: Go back, so it's between the first fight uh, with Joe and the one where he goes crazy in, in the apartment.
1: Right. Uh that's the scene. Oh, he when he goes in disguise, goes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He puts on a disguise, classic disguise, goes and hires or puts out a bounty for Spider Man. So like that's one of the side stories. So everyone every every crook in the city pretty much sees Spider Man as like this is my shine. So he has a couple different fights, which is kinda of random Criminal. Joe goes back to the ring in which he was always mocked, beat them all up, which he does. Spider Man obviously while the wrestlers try to also get Spider-Man.
1: Apparently, they all heard about the bounty. They on all it.
0: heard about the ten or the twenty k bounty,
1: which is a lot more money in the sixties. Oh,
0: Probably a few uh, hundred uh, thousand.
1: Uh, we What's do see him? more um, Peter Parker social failings.
0: For real, uh, yeah, we do. Spider-Man literally just punches Joe until his magical stars leave his head and he's like better.
1: Yeah, I think he was just kind of out of it from like the chem- the chemical electrocution. Uh, and so I think that just a proper knock on the head really brought him back to um, being a and good guy. His,
0: his condition should fade he said at some point. In, so I don't know the, said that or the manager said that or what? The manager comes back in and says, listen, Joe, they loved you. We got you a contract to be an actor and they're bringing me along with you be your manager so actually this story kind of ends happily for for joe because it's, he doesn't go put in jail and he gets a five-year contract to be an actor.
1: it's a villain with a little bit more depth because it's like it kind of wasn't his fault like the mm-hmm. chemicals kind of put him into a rage and so we get to see him uh redeemed at the end and he actually gets a happy ending So go, Joe. But we do also see we see a happy ending for him. Not so much for Spider Man though, because after his fight with Joe and the, and the other goons trying to collect on the bounty, uh, he really lashes out at a mannequin that kind that kind of looks like Ned Leeds. He's like, this reminds me of Ned Leeds. <clears throat> like you can tell, he's really mad and upset over losing Betty. Um, which is like I said, we're seeing the the process of a breakup basically. Uh, and it also teases Mary Jane a little bit more. He just misses her.
0: Yep, and her face is hidden by some uh, branches.
1: Yeah, which I think that's... It's funny. It's like Mary Jane and Green Goblin are almost like this parallel. Like, they're these two characters whose faces have consistently been hidden. And it's like knowing how important both of them are in the overall story of Spider-Man. Like, Mary Jane obviously ending up being like his soulmate and Green Goblin being his nemesis. I think it's really funny that you're kind of They're doing the same thing with both of them Um, But this issue pretty much ends with Peter being heartbroken and sad And uh, little does he know It's only going to get worse Next issue
0: Yes This is uh, also The end of the Dicko era
1: The very end yeah Which kind of an underwhelming end Yeah but He did not go out with a bang But John Romita started with a bang
0: (laughs) Like that. and i am ecstatic for those issues which next week will be the first ever two issue
1: yeah next week we have a green goblin extravaganza we are doing uh, a full episode for issue 39 and 40 and we may even have a guest so you guys will have to wait and see um not that you would know the guest but we might have an extra extra person here for the next episode of Webheads. um for issue thirty nine and forty. We did forget, I'm gonna rank thirty-eight five. Yeah, agree. Five, yeah. Uh, five point
0: five.
1: Yeah. It's it's like we said at the beginning, all the issues this week, kind of closing thoughts. Pretty weak. Yeah. Not not the best.
0: I did forget to mention, so I I back in the day I bought like a big lot of Marvel Tale, like Marvel Tales starring Spider Man. So I was able to read three of these issues from Marvel Tales. Fun. Yeah. Um, they're on like nine I think it's like eighties. <laughs> reprints so it's like that type of print which was cool yeah but it's always fun to read like an actual physical single issue comic
1: yeah we're getting up to this, the point now this is also the to... end of my
0: omnibus i was it's gonna done. say how
1: are you gonna how are you gonna go you're gonna get marvel unlimited or something
0: yeah i'm probably gonna get all marvel Unlimited, read it on a little laptop probably the way i'm gonna go yeah um, unless i have the issues right right uh I'll read them from there. But other than that, yeah. Uh, the album Boost. I got my money's worth of it. Finally. Yeah. That is it It's thick. It's um, thick. And it's worn. I've definitely used it. You know? Yeah. I think back in the day, when I first read it, I read all the like, album issues. <laughs> and then, like, about it. And now I've read, read them all. Now, again, some of them I read from the actual issues. And then these ones I read from little single issue
1: model tale right yeah i've pretty much read it on marvel unlimited um which actually works great i mean if you have like a tablet or something that's where i I just read it on my ipad so it's like full size comic pages still so it's not not the
0: worst thing in the world obviously physical comic is better but i have like a hand-me-down uh mac probably read them on there there you go
1: uh, but yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode. So like we said, next week uh, we will have 39 and 40, a full-sized Green Goblin extravaganza, because honestly I think those two issues are some of the most important issues in all of Spider-Man's history. So we'll have a, a very in-depth uh, discussion about those.
0: And people that don't know that arc are probably going to be interested in seeing it. Because that that hasn't been done the whole... I do not spoil it. What happens with Goblin at the end of it doesn't really happen in a lot of media.
1: Like in movies and stuff?
0: Movies and T V and stuff.
1: Yeah, they haven't done that. Well, they, they kinda did it, did it with did Harry.
0: Kinda kinda of, kind of with Harry, but they haven't done it with Norman and then they yeah, uh, I think they did it in one of the cartoons, kind of. Maybe, I don't know.
1: It's a very big it's a very big moment for Spider Man history.
0: I think they um, did it in the nineties cartoons.
1: I think Really, 39 and 40 is when they really established Green Goblin as his nemesis. And I think that it really is it, it is what leads up to um, 121. I mean, because of what happens at the end of 40, that ultimately ends up kind of causing 121 and the death of Gwen Stacy. So we're really entering an important moment for Marvel history. Uh, and this will be the beginning of the John Romita run, which, like we said earlier, one of our favorite artists um in the entire series so uh, definitely stay tuned for that that'll be out next week Um, but in the meantime if you did enjoy this episode make sure you leave a like if you're watching it on youtube rate it on spotify google podcast apple podcast wherever you're listening to it rate it five stars or whatever you think is fair um and share it uh other than that if you want to check out any of our socials you can go on youtube we got them all listed on the screen here uh and over there for him and uh we will see you guys next week
0: See you next week. Should be good one.
1: Peace out.